I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to The Grindhouse, where we drink coffee and talk about movies. My name is Sean Tatro, and with my girlfriend and co-host Leah Diana, Today we will be winding back the reel to 1994, taking a look at a day in the lives of two convenience store clerks named Dante and Randall as they annoy customers, discuss movies, and play hockey on the store's roof. In Clerks. Let's get into it. Salsa Shark. We're gonna need a bigger boat. Throughout history, they have been a part of our American life. Men and women who have made it their mission to serve their fellow man. They've worked hard enough. Isn't it time? They had their own movie. Clerks. This job would be great if it wasn't for the customers. I I don't bother them and they don't bother me. I could do without the people in the video store. Do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie that was out last year? You should hear the barrage of stupid questions I get. What do you mean there's no ice? You mean I gotta drink this coffee hot? You'd feel a hell of a lot better if you just rip into the occasional customer. You're a clerk, paid to do a job. You can't just do anything you want while you're working. Hey, you open? No! What kind of convenience store do you run here? Miramax Films presents you think anybody can see us down here? Why? Do you want to have sex or something? Uh, can we? Clerks, just because they serve you doesn't mean they like you. You hate people, but I love gatherings. Isn't it ironic? Featuring new music by Soul Asylum, Corrosion of Conformity, Bad Religion, The Jesus Lizard, and music by Alice in Chains. The nightmare of insane murder from the depths of hell. Hello, Leah. Hello, Sean. Welcome, welcome back. <sighs> what are we drinking today? Today we are drinking, continuing to drink, New England French vanilla. I mean, coffee? Local New England brand, Local, French yeah. vanilla flavor. What is it, our local grocery store? Yeah, personally, not the best coffee I've ever had. Still decent. It's okay. How do you prefer your coffee? Honestly, 
I prefer it black. If it's hot, it's got to have something in it. So I have like English toffee, uh, hazelnut, and then like the pumpkin spice. They're all like the sugar-free stuff. If I'm going to drink it cold, it's got to be cold brew, black, no water, no ice. I want that straight caffeinated ah shit in my mouth. I can't stand cream and everything in it. I don't like anything. I actually used to drink iced coffee, but... Um, from Duncan. From Duncan, unfortunately. Uh, but ever since I really started working on movie sets and stuff, I literally... It's got to be medium, hot, and as black as my soul. Um, Your soul's not that dark. Every single time. Your soul's not that dark, sweetheart. It really isn't. It's... You're soft. You have a soft heart. Don't tell people that. So yesterday <laughs> we were going to do laundry and I was like, I really want a bagel. I got a coffee too. So we stopped at Dunkin'. No hate to anybody who likes Dunkin' Donuts. Really, no hate. I worked at Starbucks for a little while when I worked at an airport down south. Um, when you make a coffee at a coffee shop, any coffee shop, like a big brand, you worked at Dunkin' Donuts. You make it, you put it in a container, like those big steel metal, those steel or metal containers, and it sits there on a hot plate for hours. So it, it gets burnt. The coffee we got yesterday was, it was supposed to be a cold brew, it, was, it wasn't. It was their new holiday blend. And then they pump pumpkin spice into it. It literally tastes like a pumpkin and a Christmas tree had sex and decided that they would sell their babies to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> It was kind of gross. Yeah. It, it was not. It, it tastes. What did I What did it taste? I said it tasted like coffee with rosemary and thyme in it. Literally. Yeah. It was it not was, good. It was very like herby. And not for I, nothing, but the people that gave it to us seemed very much dead in the eyes. Oh my with God. A he fear did not care. Self-loathing. You literally looked at him and said, have a good one. And then as we're driving away, he turned his back and walked away. And you're like, or not. <laughs> it was like. Damn, dude. Oh. But I, Chemex has ruined us. It really has. Like, even me, snobby. I worked at Starbucks. I love Starbucks coffee. Now that I've had this Chemex, I don't really care for the espresso drinks anymore. Like, I'm like, no, I like this better. The, the Chemex, it, it's changed the way I drink coffee, honestly. It, it gives you a whole different flavor. It, like, it doesn't... It opens the coffee up. Like, it's not trapped in a Mr. Coffee machine. It's opened up when you're blooming that coffee. It's like, okay, I can wake up now. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Like, it, it's very, it's a very different experience. If, if you haven't had pour over, mm. highly recommend trying it. And the two of us have been purchasing some coffees from the interwebs from certain vendors Yes. I've purchased like two or three from some specialties. You are looking at a couple. We've got one in there already. Hopefully we'll be trying some interesting many ones. more varieties. We, we, we live in a uh, New England, which has a lot of different coffees. Like, I think we picked up um, the last of a pumpkin spice one and a maple one because Christmas is coming. So all the holiday blends are coming out. We'll, we'll, we'll try the holiday blends. but Local coffee brands. We're open to sponsorships if you know you're uh, <laughs> you're interested. Shameless. Hit us up. <laughs> Shameless, help me. 
Oh, sweetheart. Darling. Love of my life. Yes. What did we watch today? Today, today we went back to the convenience store. Today we, we watched one of my personal favorite comedies, honestly one of my personal favorite films, Clerks. By the ever amazing, just fucking stupendous and nerdy as hell, Kevin Smith. His debut film. His debut film. And you wouldn't think it because this film, I will say, I've watched it several times with several different types of people. You know, the people that are like, Kevin Smith's awesome. Kevin Smith's the only good director. And then I've watched it. Yeah. I love the. <laughs> I mean, I. I love Kevin Smith. But like when I hear somebody be like, better than Francis Fort Coppola, it's like. Uh, Back up. Listen, <laughs> I, two different types of directors. <laughs> I love Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith has been a huge influence on me as a cut to filmmaker. a photo we have of you getting ready for a wedding, right here. Yeah, <laughs> totally looks like unintentional. <laughs> unintentional. But, <clears throat> no, uh, he's he's honestly one of the few filmmakers I actually truly look up to and like I feel that I can relate to like I love film like I love Kubrick I love Tarantino but Kevin Smith is like he's an underdog he's the underdog he's the obtainable goal of any filmmaker like he is what any filmmaker should hope to be he doesn't um always bend to Hollywood's that was the whole point of his movies he's not he's like I'm not bending to what you people want I'm gonna do what I want and now he's made a whole different style or a different ideal of movies that to this day you can see in in movie making I when I first saw this movie years ago it must be about 20 years ago um I was like black and white this seems like a stupid movie and i didn't understand it back then because i guess i it wasn't like they're like 22 in this film that's they say it several times they're like 22 years old they're like fresh out of almost being out of college age and i'm like i was i must have been like 19 18 19 20 when i watched this going i don't understand like why i don't understand this movie now that I watch it, this is a very smart movie. It has a lot of intellectual points that I'm like, uh-huh. light bulb geek. <laughs> yeah, th- this movie is extremely well written for someone who's like a first timer. Mm. It, while like a few of the scenes are like feel like they're reading off the page, they like the dialogue's very like by the book somebody but... standing there with a cue card going what do you mean we're not supposed to do this oh no like you you, well, you get that feeling from it's something. a little bit wooden but yeah. the what they're saying is so smart and intricate and like there's a heavy intellectual quality to it that you really don't find in independent films like this no and that's i think what impresses me most about this movie is like it's highly intellectual, but it also is contra- contrasted by the fact that these are what most of society would deem low lives, yep. stuck in a convenience store that 
and don't know what to do with their lives or how to get out. And I don't know. I just think that's really interesting. It's very relatable to a lot of people, myself included. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <clears throat> it it does get overshadowed by the amount of dicks, cocks, and pussy. Oh, there's it's so much peppered with vulgar humor. Like, like seasoned very well with. I'm just sitting there like, and then like after rewatching this, and we rewatched Clerks two a while ago as well. And I'm like, oh, I get Clerks 2 now. Like, I thought when I saw... I saw Clerks 2 in theaters. We yeah. can't review Clerks 2 here because it doesn't fall into the category. No, but I do want to at least touch Ta- upon it. Yes. Cause... Oh, we're going to touch upon it because... Oh, my God. <laughs> that movie. <laughs> I'm sitting in theaters going, what am I watching? <laughs> like, this is weird. Yeah, the Clerks and Clerks 2 are definitely, like, two of my all-time favorite comedies ever. And I think it's because they're so much more than comedies. They get better with age. They really like, do. Like, the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, man, this is just... You this relate more life. and more with a lot more points as you get older. <laughs> All right, so... So, this movie came out in 1994. Mm-hmm. Um, they It was actually shot at... A convenience store that Kevin Smith at the time worked at. Um, <laughs> they shot for 21 straight nights, um, and essentially what he would do is he would clock in at 6 a.m., uh, finish at 11 p.m., and then they would shoot until 4 a.m. Jesus, and Kevin. Th- and then after that, he'd try to like grab like an hour or two of sleep and then go right back to it again. The dedication, man. Like, I thought I was one of the only people willing to do shit like that. Kevin Smith, I love you for it. <laughs> Damn. I need eight hours now. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> uh, so how old were you in 1994? 94? So I was born in 89. Mm-hmm. So my sister was 92. So I would have been... I can't do math. Uh I would have been five. Yeah. I was nine when this movie came out. I'm old. <laughs> so, not that big of a difference. No, it's not. But I remember <clears throat> my aunt, uncle, someone in my life talked about this movie. And somebody was like, oh, this movie is ridiculous. I remember that phrase. This movie is ridiculous. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm not going to watch that at because it's ridiculous. But then I remember my mom telling me, like, because it has such a, like, we have the DVD sitting here. It has such a kind of, like, fun title. Like, it looks like it would be centered for, like, kids, young adults. It is not. <laughs> I understand why my mom's like, you're not watching that movie. <laughs> Here's something funny I didn't know about oh, this movie. Boy. So, Jason Reitman son of the infamous Ivan Reitman. I don't know who that is. Ghostbusters. Okay. <laughs> he uh apparently at at one point revealed that uh to Kevin Smith that th- this movie was what revealed to him his desire to be a filmmaker. Really? And which apparently led Kevin Smith to respond with 
You're the son of Ivan Reitman. You grew up on the sets of Ghostbusters and Stripes. It took me to make you realize that you wanted to be a director? Well, I could kind of see that because Ghostbusters is a big budget Hollywood film. Yes. Stripes, I don't know what that is. Um, it I'm assuming is another Hollywood big budget film. Yeah. Okay. Larger budget comedy. So this is like, it's kind of geared towards the age group that Kevin was at the time. Like that 20 year old kind of, it's a coming of age movie, essentially kind of going through the steps of this. Like by the end, it's like, there's an acceptance with the end of this movie. Like I can see where somebody would be like, oh, okay. All right. I get it now. Like, this movie kind of clicks a little bit, like, with people that are, like, not sure what to do with their lives, or if they're stuck. You watch this movie, and you're like, oh, I don't want to be like this dude for the rest of my life. Like, no offense to Dante, but he's a loser. Yes. Uh, he's definitely... He's a loser in a lot of ways. But I think, by society standards, he's a loser, for yeah. sure. Um... This movie, honestly, it's populated with assholes. Yeah. Like, uh, your two protagonists, you have Dante and Randall. Randall is just a sleazeball through and through, but... He's an honest asshole. He's an honest asshole. He's honest about why he's an asshole sometimes. And Dante is, is someone so lost that he's, like, honestly willing to make bonehead, stupid fucking decisions that ruin his life. He'll do or he'll do anything so society doesn't get upset with him. Exactly. <laughs> I know what that's like. But I mean, there's something even there's something really interesting about that dynamic. Mm. Like you have these two characters who are technically they're dicks. Like they um, they make poor decisions. They don't do anything to better themselves in any real way. But at the same time, they're they're two people who I feel are a perfect pair. Yeah. Because they both, they call each other on their bullshit. They poke fun at each other's shortcomings. Yeah. Uh, Randall's constantly telling, like, the, the shitter get off the pot yep. line towards the end. Or um, the whole conversation about Dante backing down. Yeah. Like, Randall's always calling him on his shit. But at the same time, he's then willing to look Caitlin in the face and say, if you hurt him again... I'll kill you. Uh, my favorite line. My, um, well, no, that is not my absolute favorite <laughs> line. Um, he looks her dead in the eye and goes, if you break his heart again, I'll kill you. But that's a that's a best friend thing. Like, I've had best friends say that to previous boyfriends. I've had a best friend say that to you, to your face. If you break her heart, I'll kick your ass. You know? And it's... I think Christine may have said something similar to me, like, don't break his heart. <laughs> like... <laughs> but it, it's one of those things where if yes you can you have a friend that you can be an absolute asshole not to asshole with because you've got to have that partner that friend and i have one of those friends her name is jess hi jess <laughs> she calls me out on my bullshit because i am essentially in my mind i'm the dante she's the randall okay you can kind of see, see it yeah and she'll call me out on my bullshit. She'll do this. But she makes me feel like I need to be better sometimes. You know? But we can both be, you know... We can... We're, we're not dicks. We're not assholes in real life. But, you know, we essentially have those kind of characteristics that these two people have. 
And that's why this movie's so relatable now. Like, now that I'm in my 30s and I'm watching it, I relate more to the dude checking for the perfect eggs than I do anybody else. Because that's how I feel like your life breaks down to where you're like, I just need something to go well. Yeah, that's, uh, it's funny because, like, when I was younger watching this movie, I just saw those little, those little, uh, moments as, like, just funny things they put throughout the movie. But the older you get, you're like, oh no, I relate to this. There's (laughs) such truth to all of it. Like, even the the crazy milkmaids and the fucking, the, the egg guy, like, they... They showcase, like, how hard life can hit you to it breaks you to a point to where you just go and do something crazy like this. And Randall and Dante and I think Veronica point that out and say, well, I don't know what they did to get to that point. I do. Life. I know what happens. (laughs) I want to be on the floor with that dude going, dude, yo, give me a carton. I'll help you. Like, that's how I felt at one point. When I was younger, I was like, what this? what is this freak doing? Like, just pick a fucking carton of eggs and go. Like, stop wasting these people's time. Now it would be there going, no, you must gently caress the eggs to pick it. No, no, don't break. <laughs> don't break. Pet. Pet the egg. Like, uh, Before we stray too far, since we already started talking about the egg guy. <laughs> um, Oops. The, uh... So many of the, the little one-note characters throughout this movie are... A, they're all friends of Kevin Smith. Um, <laughs> the guy who plays the egg guy is also the same guy who plays the the guy who gets offended in the very next scene. Uh, okay. So, essentially, they just reused the same friends over and over again. Uh, and that same guy actually is one of the two friends that runs Kevin Smith's comic book men. Uh, Jane Silent Bob Secret Stash store. Really? Yep. Where are these stores? We we have to go to these places. Jersey, I'm pretty sure. In Jersey? Where a hop, skip, and a drive away from there. We should take a drive down there and check this shit out. Can man. we visit the quick stop? Yes, we can visit the quick stop. And I'm buying a pack <laughs> of cigarettes just on principle. Be like, yeah, can I get a pack of cigarettes? <clears throat> pack of cigarettes? Cigarettes, please. And then I'm going to frame that pack of cigarettes. So just be like, <laughs> I bought this <laughs> I bought this at the quick stop. <laughs> oh, we don't condone smoking on this podcast. No. But Friggin if it not. means that uh, I get a pack of cigarettes from the quick stop. Another person who gets reused constantly is the producer, uh, Scott Mosier is his name. Okay. Um, anytime you see the bearded guy with the hat and the trench coat. Um, oh, the blonde, the blonde beard? Yep, and he also <laughs> plays the guy that climbs up the ladder and is yelling at the kids playing hockey. I thought he looked kind of similar. Same guy. <laughs> they just keep reusing him. They, they do very well with costume changes then. Like, I would not have d- said that those four characters, like, a guy, the offended guy, and those two, were, like, the same two men. Egg guy also plays another one of the customers during, the, like, the, the first scene. Oh, the smoking the scene? The smoking scene. Uh, he's got, like, a beanie, long hair, a trench coat. He's throwing cigarettes yeah, at Dante. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> But now throughout the movie. Now stand here, Dante, Brian. We're going to throw cigarettes at you as hard as we... Uh, uh. <laughs> 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 oh, God. So this movie is actually somewhat loosely based on the Divine Comedy. Oh, God, don't tell me. Divine Comedy is a... Oh, no. I was kind of like an English major. Dante's Inferno. Ha! 
Is that why his name's Dante? Yeah. God damn it! <laughs> um, essentially, like, you know how the movie's broken up with the title cards? Mm-hmm. They're, those are essentially the nine stages oh, of hell. Oh, fuck <laughs> me! I didn't really... Oh, I need to read my comedy again. <laughs> bad, bad theater major. <laughs> um, Alright, so we're kicked off into this movie pretty abruptly. Um, Did he come out of a closet? Yeah, I want to know. Does that go with the latent homosexual tendencies at some point? That's a good thought. I never really looked at it that way. I for this, I actually in my notes I put why the he- I want to know why he was in that closet. Yeah, like he Does, said. Should he, Dante he, have been in a closet? <laughs> like, it's like, he, <laughs> he said he worked the, the night, night before. before. Did he go home and like drink himself into a stupor? Is that either that or like he was getting ready for bed and was so exhausted by like ten thirty eleven he just passed out in the closet. In all reality, I think it was probably just they thought it would be funny. Um, which it is. But years (laughs) later, we're trying to take a philosophical approach to it. Like, maybe he feels like he's trapped. This is why he was in the closet. He was trapped in the closet. Years before R. Kelly. (laughs) I was just going to say, I'm trapped in a closet. And I don't know why. Um, but I think... Then I pull out my gun! (laughs) Jesus. I think the early moments of this movie, uh... To me, they, they speak measures. Because you not only see, like, we're introduced to Dante through, hang on, I have the actual notes written out for this, um, through his messy apartment, mm-hmm. um, followed by the very sloppy way he opens up the store, like, he throws the coffee filter and he just dumps shit in there and he's, like, slapping everything together. To be fair, when I worked at a certain fast food chain for six years and i opened i would do the same shit <laughs> which no but that it illustrates it perfectly mm. like the like disheveled downtrodden nature of this character yeah. and like this is who you're gonna be following the entire movie this messy ass cranky ass fucking 22 year old just mess oh god he's a mess I love the grainy black and white aesthetic of this whole thing. Yes. I the first thing I forgot about was the fact that it's in black and white. And I think <laughs> Kevin Smith did a great choice putting this in black and white. It feels more purposeful. Do you know why it's in black and white? I feel like it has something to do with the divine comedy. No? Nope. Okay. Okay. This is in black and white because they couldn't afford color film. But <laughs> but with it being in black and white is more meaningful. Well, I feel like if it was in color, it would lose something. What I took from it this time around is, like, watching this, seeing this in black and white is, like, it adds to the fact that Dante and Randall are stuck. Just like black and white is stuck in an era of film in the distant past. Oh, shit. I know it's not meant to be that way, but that's what I get from it now. If Kevin Smith ever listens to this podcast, I need him to answer these questions. And you know his answer is going to be like, no, man. If Kevin Smith answers this podcast, I'm going to shit. I promise you. If you don't (laughs) shit, I'm going to call you out on your bullshit. (laughs) Um, The most famous thing 
that you see in this and it's throughout like i feel a lot of jokes for years with my friends too is i assure you we are open <laughs> the free though the two words i assure you or the three words i assure you i think at some point i used to say that a lot like i assure you i hate you like shit like that but it's so funny and true to dante's character that he would be like no we are like he'd have to use a big word yeah because he's stuck in a place that it's a very it's a very like shit job well and he's very articulate yeah he's very he's a very well-spoken individual so saying that i feel is this pompous asshole (laughs) like that's what i feel like every time i see that sign that uh that whole that's another fun point is that that whole thing the the signage outside and the the gum in the locks that was all just a quick ad lib to the fact that they had to shoot in the middle of the night yep so they were like oh well we can't light up the outside of the store and make it look like daytime so they just made an excuse for the fucking, uh, shutters to be but closed but it's perfect it works perfect because it just demoralizes that job even more that the two of them have. They really do. It shoves them into the dark. Yes. It's like you are the shit of society. You peddle cigarettes and you sell newspapers and magazines and shit. Like, nobody wants you. Your society's worst. Get in there. Like, it's... It's... He did all this because he couldn't do this or he couldn't do that. And years later, it's like, no, no, there's meaning behind all of this. And you didn't even know Mr. Smith. <laughs> like, I honestly don't think he did. Like, some of it. I, some of it I'm is sure, intentional. Kevin yeah. Smith is a very smart person. He definitely knew what he was writing. But I think there's layers to it that he never even intended. That he's sitting there going, guys, that's real good. I got to write that one down. <laughs> This movie also opens the door to the introduction of the infamous combo of Jay and Silent Bob. I love Jay and Silent Bob. Oh, my God. So I was at a convention. Um, I, I staffed at Otakon in 2014 and 2016. And in 2016, there's always this remarkable. I got to show you a picture. I don't know where it is, but I have a picture of this guy. Remarkable Silent Bob cosplayer. He wouldn't talk the whole weekend. When he was in that costume, he had a pen and a piece of paper and a fake light-up cigarette. He would stand by our booth for hours. And when we were directing people, he would just ad-lib and do whatever he wants. It was like Silent Bob is one of my favorite characters in movies. Because it's just, he's there. He exists. He observes. And then, when the time is right... He imparts his wisdom on you and walks out of your life. Sometimes. <laughs> so, well, I mean, come on. In this movie, yes. In the other ones, eh, not so much. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, let's, uh, we're not going to get into the chronic movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, we're going to leave those where they are. <laughs> like, they're still good movies, but uh, no. <laughs> the cutaways to those characters throughout the whole movie are so funny and random. Like, the, it'll just cut away from a conversation to them dancing or oh my God. dealing drugs. Sup, sluts. And that one made Sup. me laugh in the beginning. Sup, sluts. Like, oh, oh, God. All right, go away. Not to <laughs> go, mention, go. Not to mention the, uh, what was he, the, the Russian friend. Would you like to suck my cock, Brazaka. <laughs> then by the end, there's an actual song playing. <laughs> 
earlier in the movie i forgot to do it but i was like i need to youtube music this song just start playing and it work oh god it's so it funny be beautiful my love for you is a ticking clock. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, what from that, like, whole, like, after they're doing that, it it makes me appreciate um, when Jason Mewes in the second movie yanks his pants down, has no shirt, and does tucks his junk in between his legs and does this one. <laughs> it's like... Oh, man, that would have been so good in this movie. Just that random, like, what is this man on? Yeah. <laughs> like, but it's so much appreciated in the next one because Jay and Silent Bob are here in this one. That second one, they're like, I'm here. You're like, what is what? What? <laughs> well, you know what's really funny is, like, Jason Mewes, for one, like, when they made this movie, mm. he'd never been on film before. Um, He was still in the very early stages of his drug using days mm. uh he he actually had no faith that he could do any of it um kevin smith constantly had to be like dude this is how you act just yeah. be you just be jason and that's what we got we essentially got snippets of him just being himself on camera mm. and i think it's perfect like if he had tried to act that way and not be it himself. It would have been too forced. Yeah. yeah. And you can see that his inexperience throughout this, like you in those can, little moments. But it's beautiful. I will say, I think it was a couple of months ago. Maybe I think it was more towards like spring. I'm big into TikTok. I mean, you hate it when I go on my TikTok binges. But when Jason Muse showed up on TikTok, I was like, stop everything, Sean. Jason Mewes has a fucking TikTok. <laughs> and I made him watch like the four videos at the time that he had. He's a funny son of a bitch. Oh my god, he's so... I love Jason Mewes. Like, I has he done any other films besides this? Besides like Kevin Smith's films? Yeah, uh, he's in one that... I, I think Kevin Smith was associated with it, mm. but um, the Zack and Miri make a porno. I've never seen that movie. It's very funny. Like, I, uh, that, that movie... You made me watch the one with Jason Segel. Which, uh... Uh, Saving? Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's kind of a long, like, I feel the same comedy lines. That movie was so good. I have to show you, uh, if you like that... I've never seen, um, the other one associated with this. Get Him to the Greek. Get Him to the Greek, I've never seen that one. And then there's I Love You Man, which is hilarious. Oh, God. I always associate that one with P.S. I Love You. Nope. Different thing. For the longest time, I thought they were the same movie, and I'm like, oh, one's Hillary Swank and a dead husband, and one's ridiculous. <laughs> I never remember them, but um, the whole scene with the gum representative <laughs> trying to get people to stop smoking. Dude, that was an introduction to the store right there. Right there. Like Jesus the chaos Christ. where he's like, just guys, stop. I'm just trying to work. You're a disturbance. You're peddling cigarettes. I would have, I would have hauled off and punched the dude. Been like, here, boom. It just turns out he's a fucking representative for Chuli's like, gum. Are you serious? Like, here, chew this. What an asshole. Wow. <laughs> also, can we talk about the fact <clears throat> that in 1994, cigarettes were a dollar ninety-five? A pack of cigarettes. I think my Jesus. brother recently bought a pack of cigarettes, and it was close to like, like fifteen dollars a pack. A pack. Like, and it's only how, oh, 1994. It's not that many. Not same that year long my ago. sister was 
born. So it's like 26, 27 years ago. Like, it's not that long ago. But holy crap, the inflation. If there's any reason to quit smoking, it's you don't have to spend that much money. <laughs> like, that's a lot of cash. That is that is that's insane. That's ridiculous. I don't... Like, my dad has smoked my whole life, and, like, I can't fathom him spending that little on cigarettes. Like, I think at one point, my stepfather, like, totaled up how much money he spent in cigarettes in one year. It was a lot of fucking money. Like, you can save a lot of money. Now, I'm not sitting here being like, quit smoking. It's your choice. Do whatever you want, man. But, like... Like, for the shit that I buy, like, collections and, like, I want a new computer and, like, little things I buy, I could not imagine, like, not having that disposable cash because I spend, like, 15 bucks every time I need cigarettes. And I smoked for a little while. And I think when I smoked, it was back in, in like, between, like, 2000-something and, like, 2006. Because I only smoked for a few years. And then I socially stress smoked for a little while but i quit cold turkey like 2010 somewhere around there it was expensive i remember like six or seven bucks per pack back then yeah and i would be like okay i only get one pack of cigarettes and it would last me three or four weeks i think my favorite part of that that whole giant uh smoking the mob <laughs> mob scene the riot. <laughs> is the very end of it when everybody leaves and then the the one guy turns around and goes back up to the fucking okay, counter pack cigarettes <laughs> I would have been like, fuck. Oh. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I wrote here, Dante is such a sad child. Like, he's just so... Just... Wah, wah. Like, that's, I feel like there should be like... Wah, 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 behind him every time he talks. He's like, poor me, pity me. But he's not willing to change it. Like, Veronica comes in and like... I moved schools to try to encourage yeah. you. I'm trying to find help you find, and I kind of relate with that because I had no drive and no way of like, oh, I need to change my life before I met you. You didn't, you weren't like, we'll do this or we're breaking up. It was more of an encouragement, like, hey, you really like photography, so here's a camera for Christmas or your birthday. I forget which one. I'm a bad girlfriend. I don't remember when you buy me stuff. Um. But you encouraged me to get into photography. And now I'm planning my own side business of photography. It's taken a little while to get off the ground. You know. Well, this stuff takes time. And, yeah, it takes time. And, you know, my own laziness. Because I am, you know, a lazy piece of shit. The, uh, that mo uh One of those early moments where you're, that you're talking about, like the self-pitying kind of mm. moments. I think it's like, it's when... Uh, him and Veronica are sitting behind the counter and they're talking about the leaving money up yes. on the um, I I don't know like that is one of the examples of like how fucking intelligent this movie is yeah like yeah you're you're getting introduced to like the sad sack that is Dante like through the conversation about him going back to school yeah but He's also painting you a portrait of this, uh, of like the way society is, like mm. how at that time at least he he could just leave money on the counter and ignore it, 
and just assume, like trust that people would um, take the change they needed because people just assume they're being watched. Like people are afraid, too afraid to like yep. make that move. Most people, at least, some people like Jay who steal throughout the entire movie. Oh, yeah, he was lifting <laughs> shit left and right. Uh, but it's a good commentary on mm-hmm. like the world like how society is like you, how you couldn't can... do that now no one you're always being watched and two people just don't fucking care all right you're watching me they'll stare at the camera and be like mind motherfucker because well, for the most part what are nobody's gonna do anything about it no i mean for fuck's sake in most jobs they tell you day one if somebody steals let them uh, <laughs> yeah there's like this whole big thing about you can follow a person around that you know has shoplifted, you know, but you're not allowed to confront them. You're not allowed to say, oh, I know you've shoplifted. You can call, like in a mall, you can call security and then they can deal with it there. But as an associate, you don't want to do that. I don't know what that's about. I should ask, like, somebody who works in, like, retail, like, at a mall or something. But I think it's, one, for safety. You don't know if that person has a gun or a knife. So if you confront them. That's mostly them, what it is. Yeah. And two, you don't know if that person doesn't realize that, oh, they pick something up. You know how many times, like, I've been in a store and I'm like, I have too much shit in my hands. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to put it here for now. Usually I'm good enough to remember, oh, yeah, that's in my pocket or I put that on the top of my purse. Some people might just be having a day or might not remember. Shit happens. But, like, it's, it's weird that, like... You can't acknowledge any of that anymore. No. And even some people would come up with the whole line of, what are, what are you accusing me? I'm offended. Even though they have stolen, they would turn it around on you and be like, I'm going to call the cops on you. I can't believe you're doing this. You're offending me. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like, it's insane. Like, the trust people had 20 to 30 years ago. It's gone. It's gone. There is no, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to be honest. Most people can't stand them. And you know what? I don't trust them. I really don't. The pandemic has not helped in that regard either. Just saying. <laughs> no, for sure. I am fully vaccinated. Still my, wear my mask everywhere but my job. Everywhere. And I, and I get questioned all the time, why are you wearing a mask? I don't have to give you my life story. Bye. I don't answer anymore. Um, steering us back into the movie. <laughs> We're going to get off topic so much. So this is uh, the inaugural film in what slowly became the Kevin Smith's Askewniverse. Askew. Now, does that stand for askew? Like it's an askew? So, so the uh, his production company is a view askew. A view askew. So okay. this is the Askewniverse. Okay. Uh, Clark's started everything. Um, this series now contains... Dogma, Mall Rats, Chasing Amy, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, Clerks 2, mm. and Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. And all the Blunt Man and Chronic shit, too, right? Well, none of that. It's all just comic yeah, books. It's all, yeah, but, it's all, but... Um, damn. Yeah. Uh, and supposedly we're getting Clerks 3 now. Um, which... I think this is going to be something he continues until he dies. Do you think we're going to get a Clerks 50 where we're at their funerals? No, I th- I personally think that Clerks 3 is going to be the end you of think the Clerks be films. 
Um, I know that uh, I Brian br- is his name Brian. Brian. Uh, uh, Dante, Randall. right? No, oh Randall. no, Randall. I don't remember Randall's name. I don't uh, remember. Rand- I don't know his real name off the top of my head. Actually, I could probably pull it up, but it's gonna take too long. Um, so Randall in real life has it took him a long time to be convinced to do Clerks too. Mm. Um, I think he got very stuck. Like a lot of people kept pushing him into that character yeah. of Randall. Oh, yeah, you get typecasted. He didn't want to keep doing that. He wanted to do other things. Him and Dante actually are theater actors. Uh, Dante has That's done... That's why they were given the big word lines. <laughs> yeah. Dante's done other movies since and everything, but... Do you think because this was a version of Dante's Inferno kind of thing, or that... I already forgot the name of it. The Divine Comedy. The Divine Comedy. They were more drawn to it because they're theater majors? Possibly, yeah. Also, his name is Jeff Anderson. Jeff Anderson. There we go. But I think, uh, well, I also think that they took this, these parts because it was breaking into film as well. Yeah. Which is, any actor should do both if they can. Um, but I personally, like, I think he had a lot of reservations about it and like, he might be more open to a third film now, especially if it's the end. Yeah. Like, if it's definitely, like, they're wrapping everything up. Which, I they kind of did in Clerks, too. I mean, I think they did but. a really good job, but nostalgia lately is fucking huge. There yes. is so much nostalgia. And you know what? I don't blame Kevin Smith for being like, let's go back one more time. You know, it could also be that people, like the fans, want more fans always want more i'm a part of a lot of fandoms and you always want more even if like there was a resolution it's done cut dry over what else is happening like you always want to open the door to that even though like clerks 2 definitely was a great ending i was like cool we don't have to ever see these characters they're happy now it's like oh god what's gonna happen (laughs) you see i think like kevin smith has talked a lot about uh in the making of I think Clerks 2, he said it most, but the idea of going back to the well. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, because there's like an old proverb where you like, uh, uh, who says you can't go back to the well and draw fresh water kind of thing? Um, that's a very rough <laughs> summation of it. But, um, he's, I think through all of his, trials and tribulations of filmmaking like the idea of going back to the well was always a a hard thing to swallow mm. um and doing it on clerks 2 kind of showed him that you can like that going back to the well and trying again with an old old idea can warrant something strong mm. um and I personally think that's what he's going to try and do with Clerks 3. Like, maybe one more time, like, we can bring something great. Because he did set himself up for a really strong film with, like... Alright, so Dante and Randall now own the Quick Stop. They yep. Dante has a kid. Yep. Um, he's married. Well, they actually, of... I don't know if they would have gotten married traditionally, but he's got a... a uh, 
Jesus. I forgot her name in the movie. Rosario. Yeah. All I know <laughs> is it's Rosario Dawson. That's all I know. But... I got the wiki up. I could just fucking look. Um, I think... I'm, I'm never going to say no to a new Clerks movie. Yeah. I don't care how many he does. I'll always be happy to see Dante and Randall again. Uh... But I, I really think that... I think the Askew universe is something he's always going to keep adding to. Like, he, in Dogma, he tried to close the book on it. He tried to be done with the... Was it? No. It was Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. He tried to end it. And they... He just keeps going back because he loves the characters. He yeah. loves the, the world that he's put he built. And I don't blame him. I would do the same thing. I want to see him keep making Askew Universe movies even while he's doing all his other little things. I'd love to see new characters in Askew Universe. Like, they introduced Jay's daughter, which I think is cool. Yeah. And it's actually Kevin Smith's real-life daughter, which I think is amazing to bring that younger generation into it, that she's old enough to be doing these That's, movies. Uh, Harley Quinn, right? Harley Quinn, yep. <laughs> um... Rosario plays a girl named Rebecca Scott. Or Becky. Rebecca. Becky. Becky. Yep. Or right. Bex. 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 Um, so the next thing I want to talk about is the sex talk between Veronica and Dante. They're talking about previous partners and stuff where he's only slept with. He's slept with three women. No, she slept with three dudes, including her. He slept with 12 women. And it plays on that whole, um, like, oh, you're a pig for sleeping with that many women. You're a slut. You're for, a slut yeah. for sucking 36 dicks besides mine. And that one actually is like, oh, I hate that. I honestly do. I do not think if you're someone who is dating or casually looking for a partner not something serious the number of people you've been with whether in foreplay or in sex shouldn't fucking matter ever no. if it's a curiosity question at best when you start dating somebody like oh how many other people have you been with it should be a curiosity question straightforward it shouldn't be well why were you with that many people are you a slut no i've tried to but i've i've tried to successfully date several people and it didn't happen like, that's what that means to me. Or if you've gone down on that many dudes, all right, were you having fun? Cool. Were you safe? Awesome. What is it, Matt? I, that one irritates me. It's an unnecessary fight, but it's a sign of the times. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I personally am someone who agrees with you. Like, I don't think a person's past matters. Mm. Sexually, especially. It's... Well, in any regard. Mm. Like, I don't think somebody's past matters. As long as they have taken or are willing to take the steps to be better now, mm. then what the fuck does it matter what they did before? It doesn't matter what your kink is, what you've done. I don't care if you smothered your feet with peanut butter and let a dog lick it off of you while doing some unnecessary... He just threw up. While doing <laughs> unnecessary things with, I don't know, a blow-up doll. That's your kink? Good for you. I will never kink shame. Don't shame people. See, like, that's just another form of shaming. In the like, same what? regard, it goes for anything. Like, uh, that's... Uh, shaming someone for that or blame or 
damning someone for that yeah. is would be the same as if I said, oh, I'm never going to watch another movie where Jason Mewes shows his face because he was a drug addict. Exactly. Who cares? The man is fucking awesome now. He's clean, sober. He's fucking changed everything around. Yep. What are you going to do? You're going to damn him for the rest of his life? Yeah. No. You can't. The people's choices that they made, whether then, now, or in the future, they're their choices. If they're looking to, if they made bad choices, if they're looking to change, support people. There are some people that, you know, you try to help, but you can't. As long as you're still standing there going, hey man, I'm here if you need me, that's it. Look at Kevin Smith. Look how much he put up with throughout the years working with Jason. Yeah. And every time he, he like, oh, we're making a new movie, he went, took the steps, cleaned him up. Went back. And got him back on track every time. Because I believe in his heart of hearts, he knew that eventually Jason would be the person he is now. He'd oh. be clean, sober, and be like, dude, thank you for saving me. I agree, He, but he's also his best friend. Yeah. Like, he never gave up on him. Like, why would you? Being in that situation, I've never been in that much of a situation. But even trying to help a friend through stuff, it's hard. It can be hard on you as the person who's trying to support them. Like, you at times could be like, I want to give up. Like, I, and I'll go into, like, real life stuff. I feel bad when my disease that I have hinders our relationship. And you're always like, don't worry about it, we'll get through it. Don't worry about it, we'll get through it. But to me, as the person dealing with it and watching you as the outsider with support, like, I feel bad as you, me, the person with the disease, and you as the supporter. Like, I feel bad, like, oh, God, one day he's just be like, I'm done with this, I'm done. Because it's such a degenerate disease, you're basically going to watch me, hopefully not, but there is a chance you're going to watch me fall apart. Over my dead body. He's literally going to be carrying my dead body over his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I get it. I get where I used to be someone who's like, nope, I'll support you to, no, to the end of the earth. And I'm still that friend. But as somebody on the inside looking out at the su people supporting, it's like... Oh boy, like, I don't want to be this burden. I don't. But you don't want to give up on people. You don't. Like, you never want to sit there and be like, I'm fucking done with you. I gotta walk no. away. You it's know? very hard to it give really up on is. people. All right. But this got very serious, so. It did. <laughs> but bringing us back to the conversation that Dante and Veronica are having, are blowjobs sex? No. No. They're sexual. Yes. But I would not call, I would not count it as having sex. No. Honestly, I don't. I think of sex as the act of eh, eh, eh. Like penetration. And yeah, like something's penetrating your mouth. Or a tongue is penetrating a girl. Yes. But I don't think that's, oh, you've slept with that person. No. It's a, it's a no, 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 no. It's a stretch. No. It's a sexual act, but it's not sex. It's foreplay. It's the fooling around leading up to it. And I know, uh, I know people fight about that. Like, oh no, that's sex. Like, uh, that's, that's getting the engine ready and going, but it's not, you know, driving the car completely. You know? And I think I've had this fight with people before. But I don't think anybody was ever on the side of, oh no, that is sex. I, I, I but I, I enjoy that debate with new people. Like you think blowjobs are sex? And they're like, where are we going with this? Like, no, get a drink. We're going to sit here and talk. <laughs> I like that as an icebreaker for adults. 
also the cat the ran cat randomly in this movie was hilarious because it, it was a black cat just judging you the whole time it literally just was judging or shitting on the counter but mostly judging oh that the was whole hilarious time. like the dude just watching the cat take cat a just shit take a shit <laughs> like what the fuck like I wanted to be like Kevin <laughs> how did you work that one in uh, there where was your head for that one that was funny oh the dude the dude like when he's like you you sucked what thirty seven cocks in a row, <laughs> in a row. <laughs> and then the dude like, don't suck any cocks while you're walking through the parking lot. And the dude just starts walking towards her. <laughs> Those two were funny. Oh. oh man, I caught some of the the names of them like the when the black screen came up with the writing. Yeah. Syntax. Some of them are spelt completely wrong. <laughs> Harbinger. <laughs> Harbinger. Harbinger. Uh, some of them, I, they're juxtaposition. That was the only one I spelt right, by the way. Just juxtaposition. Saying. Because I've used that phrase before. But those cue cards, I'm like, I wish he would have put the meanings underneath them. <laughs> no, honestly, like, I don't think they even matter. Like, they basically just tell you what's coming. But I don't know way. some of the words, and I am definitely showing my education. I didn't know what some of those words meant. I was like, I don't even know how to Most say Most people word. wouldn't. I'm like, what? They're very <laughs> I know what juxtaposition words. is because I've heard it before, and I've heard it used in a sentence. The other ones, I'm like, what syntax I've heard in, like, computer speak before. Yeah. That's the only time I've heard that. So I'm like, I feel really dumb. Don't. Like, like we already mentioned, like... Kevin Smith is a highly intellectual person. He wrote this movie with that mindset. Mm. So, like, and I I honestly feel like he was using it as a contrast to the situation. To, like, oh, you sucked 37 guys, 30, oh, I'm really sorry. You sucked 37 guys' dicks. Well, I went to Juilliard and I studied <laughs> Shakespeare for many years and I can recite I almost said Orpheus. What the fuck? Am I okay today? Macbeth. I recite Macbeth word for word. <laughs> you know, like the contrast between this thing is like, what happened? What are you doing? <laughs> oh. oh my god. Um, moving along with the plot. Mm. Uh, essentially, this movie is put together like a collection of just like little vignettes. Yeah. Um throughout of like these strange interactions that happen throughout these characters days yeah uh one of the most memorable ones has to be uh the mother and daughter and her daughter that go into the video store while randall's on the phone yeah i need uh one copy of sluts doing sluts one copy <laughs> of anal pirates oh and then i need this cute little disney movie like what <laughs> you know apparently apparently the uh during that scene the the lady walks up she asks for the movie's called happy scrappy hero pup it um, sounds like paw patrol paw patrol it paw does patrol, it does very much sound like that <laughs> like what but um apparently that lady and her daughter are not actually in the same room as jeff anderson i figured that because um, that so, little girl is of age to repeat <laughs> yes so apparently he uh, he just flat out refused to read that list in front that's, of her. That's sweet, though. 
I I think that's really cool. Like that he was just like, no, dude, I can't do this. No, I I don't have <laughs> the heart to be like sluts doing sluts in front of a four year old. Like I no, that's I agree. That's I good on you. That's that's good. But holy shit, man! That scene is so goddamn funny. I he says it, and how did he do it with a straight face? Maybe because they weren't in the room. But he's yeah. just like, yeah, fuck nut two thousand. Uh. I need to stick this in your cock 400. Like, he's just straight fucking <laughs> face. All right. My favorite debate. And this is the first time I've listened to this debate. Which one's better? Jedi or Empire? And I've always sided mentally with Empire basically based on cinematic and storytelling. But listening to Randall talk about Jedi... And literally listening to it, I'm like, God damn motherfucker has a point. I actually wrote this down in my notes that this is this movie it features one of the most moronic yet intricate conversations about Star Wars that I've ever fucking heard in my yep. life. Like you're sitting here like, going, independent con what? The fact that they go into, into that much the, detail. The concept that the two Death Stars, one was complete, the other one was still being built, therefore there were innocent people working on this fucking space station. And then back it up with an actual contractor coming in and putting in his two cents. Yeah, about how you pick you pick politically. Like, contractors would never do that job because they know the dangers. Like, It's awesome. What?! And I physically listened to this conversation for the first time in my life and went, I hate that he has a fucking point. Now I'm going to watch Dead Eye go, oh, all these innocent people just go boom. Like, he's right. <laughs> the people that were killed on the first Death Star in A New Hope were people that worked for Vader and the Empire Palpatine. The people that worked on the Jedi one were people building it and whatever people they could have left over because they blew up pretty much the good people. And I'm sitting here going, you motherfucker. I want to know what fucking weed Kevin Smith was smoking and who he talked to to come up with this. Because this is amazing. I want to pick his brain about more shit like this. Like, that's kind of cool. I never would have thought about that. Never. No. And I've heard this discussion many times, and I only base it off of which one's better, Jedi or Empire. I've never really listened to the scene. Well, that that scene, honestly, is like a perfect representation of what we've been talking about, about like the articulation of these characters in juxt juxtaposition to their setting and like uh, the way that they live. Mm. Is like They're talking about something so trivial, like Star Wars, in this ridiculous manner like, like real life situations who scenario. thinks about this Apparently nobody they do <laughs> like, it, it kind of has a point to you guys are stuck in this fucking rut but you guys are smart enough to delve deep into this shit where you could make uh, make something of yourselves like why don't you push you have this much intellectual vision to deep dive into a movie about made-up characters, about independent contractors and innocent people that don't exist. It's get beautiful. out of the get out of the convenience store and the video store and make something of your lives. Which is kind of the whole point. Of whole whole the point of Clark's the movie. series. Yeah, is like 
the fact that you need to shit or get off the pot. Yep. Like, stop living, wallowing in your self-pity and, like, get yourself out there. Having a comfortable life is fine. Until you get to Dante's point where all he does is bitch about being there the whole time. Yes. That's when you need to wake up and go, okay, I gotta change something. We all get there. Like, I don't know one person that hasn't got to that point. And he's like, okay, I'm staying here. I know a couple. I I actually do know a couple. But they haven't gotten to the point where they're like, I hate my life. I need to change it. Like, (sighs) that's what made, why... (laughs) And what kills me about this scene is it's intercut with Jay shoveling stolen food into his face. Just, he's just like <laughs> shoveling like donuts and yep. packages of shit in his mouth. And it's what takes me from the seriousness of this conversation to people are savages. The whole like thing of the movie like, oh, who are the savages of this movie? It's probably Jay who put the gum in the locks. <laughs> Just to fuck with them. They actually... That gets revealed. They do? They reveal that. When? Oh, shit. When do they reveal oh. It's not in this movie. Google's hard. It's, um, it's in a later film. I can't remember which one, but he actually says that... Oh, it was Jay and Silent Bob reboot. I think. He says that he's the one who shoved the gum in the locks. Thanks to Jay and Silent Bob reboot, we know who it was who put the gum in the locks. Longtime fans of the Askuni Universe movie will probably not be surprised to learn it was Jay and Silent Bob themselves, although exactly how it was revealed was a bit of fun. That's yeah. fucking <laughs> funny. Oh, oh God. God. These guys. Jay is the savage of this film. Working I, in the background. <laughs> honestly, he is. Like, oh, God. Oh, uh, do you know why Kevin Smith plays silent bob honestly my reason why i think he would was one it was a chance for him to not have any responsibilities for a moment and two it kind of let him oversee a little bit of in front of the camera rather than behind it because yeah if he's behind the camera he's directing he's doing all this stuff but being in front of it a little bit gives him a i don't have to worry about this right now i can be somebody else that's what I believe. It's probably not re- right. Well, I definitely don't. I think you're on the right track a little bit. Uh, those elements definitely factored into the decision. Mm. But apparently, uh, Kevin Smith's reason for putting himself in that role is that if the movie failed and he was like, you have to take into account that he was in near permanent debt. At yeah. this point, from doing this, um, it was a very good chance that for the rest of his life he would have regretted this decision to make this movie. But he wanted himself to be in the film so that at any point he could at least put the movie on, point at his own face as proof that he did it. I love this man. I. His outlook on making films and like even if it sucks, I can still say I did this. I put my I like my name's not on it. My face is in this too, so you can say, "Oh man, this movie sucks." Who is this asshole? That's that the guy. asshole. <laughs> but I think that helped because now people are like, "Oh, who's this Kevin Smith dude?" There he is in the movie, playing the as I would call him the world the the world weary 
No. <laughs> the wise wisdom wizard. I oh, I'm doing bad with words. Having today. A rough day. I'm having a rough mental day. <laughs> I have brain fog. That's a uh that's another thing I wanna make note of here is that like Kevin Smith raised this budget himself. This movie this movie was made on twenty seven thousand dollars. Um he did this by he selling off his comic book collection and borrowing $3,000 from his parents and maxing out his credit cards. He put everything he had into this movie, which a lot of it's people... It's a risky gamble. It's a risky gamble, and when you look at the final product, most people who can't see the merit in it would say, like, this is terrible like it's so bad yeah, like when i first saw it i was like this movie kind of sucks but it's not it is so much better than it's people give it credit for it is this movie is it was an all or, it was a hail mary it was an all or nothing pass yep. and he fucking was lucky enough that it landed i feel like a lot of filmmakers or creators like you with the same kind of brain you guys this this is what you do. Like, nope, it's all or nothing. I'm putting it all on the table. If it doesn't work out, oh well, at least I still tried. And I love that about creative type people. Like, and not just film. Like, music. Uh, art. Like, writing. Like, at any point, you can hit that wall and be like, I've tried. But there is always that one where you're like, nope, let's try. Let's do this. I'm really grateful that he did this. Sucks he put himself into debt for a long time. Really does. But now look at the empire he's created. Yeah, he's he's put himself into a place where he can literally do any project that he wants. And I hope that he was able to get all of his comments. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I mean, he owns a comic book store he now. He does, but you never know. He might have had, like, a really, like, rare gem in that collection. Kevin Smith is actually, like, this is off topic, but Kevin Smith is actually the reason I collect movies the way I do. He um he actually said in an interview at one point that his mentality to buying movies is that he literally goes buying out. Buying comic books? What? You said buying movies, buying comic books? No, buying movies. Oh, he buys movies too? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Um, He goes out every week, or did, I don't know if he still does this, but he goes out every week and buys everything that came out because he never knows what he's going to want to watch. 
And I love that mentality because it's like, I kind of think the same way. It's like, I, I own all these movies. Some of them I don't want to watch all the time. Sometimes I just want to watch something that I've never seen or something that maybe I never would have wanted to see. Mm. And I don't know. Like, it, it's an appreciation for the art of it, mm. th- I think, personally. he's He collects movies because he always wants to watch something new and he appreciates the pro- the filmmaking process. Yeah. And I, I try to approach it the same way because I love it. I mean, we can't go out every week, but we do hit our local Goodwill once a month. Yes. And we walk, we both walk, because you collect certain movies, and I'm trying to collect, like, older, from, like, I would say 1960s prior. We did walk out with almost $65, $70 worth of tapes and DVDs yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw his total, it was, like, 46 bucks. I went, dang. <laughs> Damn. But we did get some, I got some good gems. I got some good ones to watch on the podcast. <laughs> I got a lot. I did. I'm so happy. Yes. A lot of classics. I can't classics. wait to make him watch old classic movies. Ugh. It'll be great. Did you know that this movie has an alternate ending? Maybe. I think, I think I've heard that. I'm going to say Maybe. <laughs> So not 100% this movie kind of ends very abruptly. Yeah, like, you never know what happens when they walk out of the store. Because it takes place in the store. Yes. So, originally, it continued after Randall le- left. The original ending is that the um, Randall leaves and Dante goes to like continue locking up. But a robber comes into the... Uh, the quick stop and shoots and kills Dante. Uh, yes, I have heard this. And the movie was going to end on that down note where it just kind of just brings you full circle into the like depressive nature of the whole whole uh, ex- his whole existence. Yeah. And surprisingly, uh, Mirror Max, who at the time was they kind of still are uh, notorious for like editing movies without the filmmaker's consent yeah didn't make him cut that he he chose to cut that himself um because he really didn't he felt like it didn't fit the rest of the movie like he felt like it needed to end on that slightly uplifting if he didn't cut that i don't feel like there would be an askini universe i don't either i think it would have been done there would have been no reason to continue there wouldn't have been a clerks too for sure nope Jay and Silent Bob may have continued, but it Maybe. wouldn't have been as impactful, I believe. No, I, I think I think that was one of the smartest choices he ever fucking made in his life. I would have like that would have been like almost as depressing as watching uh, Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> that movie starts here. When you end that movie, it is here. I hate that movie just because of that. It's a cute movie. I hate that movie because it's just like, oh you. It's it's a sad note. Oh, we're gonna make you sadder. Like I, this movie does need to end on you know Dante and Randall just walking out of the store and that's it. You don't know what's next. It leaves it open for a continuation, which I mean you're a big fan of ending it right there and never knowing. You like that kind of ending for movies. I hate them, but this one was so, appropriate. I like that kind of ending for horror films, for sure. 
thrillers sometimes. Yeah. Even some action movies, but like some movies need an uplift. Yeah. Comedies, I think, definitely need an uplift. Unless the it's a specific type of comedy. Like a dark comedy. Like I think it I think most some movies work for, it works for others it doesn't. Mm. Um you know the word fuck is said 91 times in this movie. <laughs> really that's it? I would have thought it was said a lot more than that. Um I really loved the scene where Karen uh where Randall put the Karen in her place. Like okay, he was being a dick on the counter just sitting there not helping her. But when she starts getting sassier, I think it was kind of nice to see her be like, no, I don't appreciate you lying to me. I don't appreciate you sitting there, you know, being a little bit of a bitch, you know, where I'm like, get, just look at her and acknowledge her and be like, I've never seen those movies, so I can't really help you. Yeah. Like, I think Randall could be a little nicer, but also I realize he probably deals with people like this all the fucking time. So I kind of appreciated to that scene a little. You remember how we were talking about the the guy who gets offended? Yes. I didn't realize this. Mm. And I'm the attention to detail in this movie is ridiculous cuz I don't think anybody really is would think about this. Mm. That guy, so th- during that scene they're talking about the term jizmopper. Yes, Jizmopper. Yeah, they're talking all about that. Which, uh, if you haven't seen the movie or you don't know what that is, apparently it's a a term for somebody who cleans up Clean. the nudie booths yep. in establishments like that. Yeah, because you never know where the jizz is going to go in a nudie booth. Yes. The guy that gets super offended and runs out of the store is buying paper towels and glass cleaner. Oh my god, well, he's a jizz cleaner himself? It's implied. I never realized it. <laughs> Fuck! That's hilarious! That's so Wait damn a minute. funny. I looked in the bag, too, during that scene, and it didn't fucking click. And he's wearing a trench coat, too. I don't know. That like he's, guy he's buttoned up. He's like this. He's bundled is up. He? Yeah. Oh. I, didn't... I noticed that, and I'm like, oh, why is he? Is it cold outside? No, because they're all like... That's so damn funny. Uh, highly offended. Yeah, I had that one. Um, It drove me crazy because uh, Dante walks up with the gun. This is after fucking Randall sells cigarettes to a kid. He's like, do you ever notice all the prices end in nine? And I'm like, that's very true for convenience stores. Yes. Not a, not any, like, it's 99 cents or it's, you know, $1.99 or it's two ninety nine. Or, you know, for Cumbies, when you want to go get a, one of those fountain drinks, it's six ninety nine. I don't know if that's true anymore. That's how long it's been since I bought <laughs> a fountain drink at Cumbies. You know what the reason for prices ending in 9 is? No. Because I didn't until right now. <laughs> the, uh, the reason prices end in 95 or 99 mm. uh, is or set under a round figure was so that cashiers would always have to open the registers to give change, thus recording the sale and preventing them from pocketing the bills. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That does make a lot of sense. I've worked in retail for a very long time and I didn't... I never really asked. I just kind of... Does it count now? 
because of the fact that everyone uses debit or credit cards. I don't think so as much Not as now. Much, but, but in the 90s, then... yeah. I mean, it was rare that somebody paid for something in credit or debit. They, there really wasn't debit cards back then. In credit card, only like gas. And then when you put your gas card in, it held like $200 every time you did that. I have a note here that says Randall and the blowjob noises. Oh, oh, oh. when he goes... Um, you buckle like a belt. That's a good uh, that was a good turn of phrase. Yeah, that was a good turn of phrase. I like that one. Um, hockey on the roof. Like they could have just they could have just like could've quarantined just in off the street. in the street. Yeah, they could or in the where the cars park in the parking lot. They could have just done that. Yeah, that would have prevented people from turning into. The quick stop as well. Like, right. oh, can't turn in. They're playing hockey. Store's closed. I think, uh, I honestly feel like that was probably just Kevin Smith who was like, I work here. I just want to fucking play hockey on the roof. Either that or he's <laughs> like, um, well, maybe we had to shoot this during the day and we got permission to go on the roof. So uh, the store had to keep working. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. Uh, one of the, one of the lines, you lost the ball. Oh no. Is there a lost ball down there in... Jay goes, the biggest pair you've ever seen, Dingleberry. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> oh. Oh, my Let's God. see. There's the, oh. So, they find out through the newspaper that the girl he's obsessed with, Caitlin, is getting married to a... Asian architect that or an Asian design major design major they they hammer into the whole oh she's definitely marrying something someone more successful than you'll ever be to Dante the whole time like they say it all, oh the Asian art design oh the Asian just rubbing it design, in like like just salt in the fucking wound every time like they never even Caitlin herself says it at the end she goes oh yeah he's a He's an art major. He's going to make a boatload of money in a, in a firm, you know, when he gets hired. Like, even Caitlin herself is rubbing it in. The only one that doesn't rub it in is Veronica. Veronica never rubs anything in. She's just so supportive. I brought you lunch to make sure you eat. I want to make sure you're okay. Like, Well, she also is kept completely separate from the Caitlin scenario until the, the very, very end. end. Yeah. Which, so, like, it makes sense that she wouldn't be talking about it yeah um like i believe that the whole time where he's like has it's a very good metaphor for when dante's like he has this great thing in front of him with veronica and he's still going after the thing that even people in the store are telling him oh yeah no i slept with her while you guys were going out oh yeah no she's a slut like he's going after this idyllic dream that he had at one point that put him into the scenario he's in but he's just not waking up to the fact that hey i have a really good thing in front of me and i should let the past be the past like it is just hammered into you the whole time like dante is making bad decisions he looks like the hero but he's not this is a very strong story like it is it doesn't seem like it because of the visual presentation and like the structure of the film and everything but this movie is very very strong it is like the narrative itself is a real like most comedies actually follow this format Mm. like with a character making dumb decisions but you're 
you're alongside him, so you root for him. It's But this one is like telling you, don't root for him. He's making the worst decisions all the way to the end. Until my magical words of wisdom, Silent Bob, says something to him and it clicks. I don't believe that's how it really happens in real life. But it's that that moment of fuck. Like that moment of clarity. Um and I absolutely hate Dante in this movie. And I think Randall is the hero. I think Randall is the one that's making the decision, good decisions for Dante. For Dante. <laughs> Not for himself, but for Dante. Well, yeah, you kind of... Randall's kind of the voice of reason in this movie, which is Ridiculous. strange. Yeah. But when you really think about it, he's the one that's constantly calling Dante out on his like bullshit yep. and he's the one pushing him to do the right thing for fuck's sake he's the one that tells Veronica because he gets sick of it and he's like Veronica you gotta know what's happening like I'm tired of this and as a like okay as a as a bro code kind of thing like not cool man no. but at the same time you're ruining your life but ulti- you're making bad yeah, decisions ultimately he's doing what's best for Dante by yep. telling her and he even says like to him after he's like well i did it because i was trying i thought i was doing you a favor yeah and he yeah ultimately he he was he's gotta you gotta do something drastic to snap somebody out of something well because even though like uh what was her name jesus christ um which one the ex uh caitlin caitlin so even though she was kind of out of the picture at that point and dante could have basically gotten away with it scot-free um he would have been continuing that relationship with Veronica on not a on a lie, but like on under false if. pretenses. On a what if? And that's not okay for her. No. Which I think I, I don't know. I think that Randall, even though he's crude and uh, kind of an asshole, kind of an asshole, <laughs> but he's his heart's in the right place. Yeah. He has good intentions. He does. I don't know. Like I, I, I love his character. I think he's so. I really, I relate with Randall in this one, and then in the next film, I kind of. I don't really remember. I relate with him even more in the second film. Because he has kind of a breakdown in the second one, doesn't he? Yeah, like well, if you look at him throughout that whole second movie, he's very. um, He's like making a call for help in that second movie, I believe. He's very. He's in the same way Dante is. He's fed up with his situation. He's just going through the motions. He's having fun with what he can. And, like, you gotta think, the whole movie, his best friend's moving away. He has no one else to rely on. And then at the very end, you get his big emotional moment where he's like, fuck you, I've been thinking about this my our whole fucking friendship. Like... This is what we should do, and you should stop fucking running away. Like, obviously those aren't the lines, but that's the intent, yeah. and it's the game-changer moment. Game-changer. Uh, it puts everything in per- into perspective, mm. and yeah, yet again, Dante is... I mean, Dante. Randall is technically the voice of reason. Yeah. I... I love Randall's character, I do. It's it's more of a it's a real life scenario kind of thing because like yeah we all make bad decisions we all do stupid shit 
But at some point, you're going to be able to sit there and be like, yo, not cool. Like, come on. Let's do, let's, let's do this. Let's not keep doing this. You made a face. I did. What's the face? Because I just found another realization fact that just warmed my heart. I'm sorry, that can happen? Yeah. Uh, so, the scene in the movie, in this movie, where uh, Dante is changing the light bulb and the old guy comes up to him, mm. asking about the bathroom, the, uh, it's the exact same spot, like, placement of ladder and everything, where Becky is putting the light bulb in and at the end of Clerks 2. Oh. Whew. Kevin. Kevin. Kevin! I, w- I, w- I will hug you if I ever see you in real life. Oh, man, that's a threat. You should run. <laughs> run, bitch, run! <laughs> um... There's one scene that actually, like, drives me crazy. When they're in the car headed to Dante's ex-girlfriend's funeral that suddenly died from a brain aneurysm in a pool. It just and proves... She died yesterday and the fun- the wake is today. <laughs> I think it puts in perspective, like, the past is bad choices for him. Like, no, like, we're telling you, like, it's not good. Um the scene where they're talking in the car and the camera's moving really fucking quickly back and forth. I just punched the mic. I'm really sorry. Like, that drives me insane. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get seasick. Stop. Like, the camera jerks so quickly. It's not a smooth transition. So you can tell, like, the equipment (laughs) is, like, not Hollywood standard. I'm like, oh, oh, it's too quick. Guys, (laughs) you drive me crazy. Um, during that, uh, funeral scene after they run out and drive away Ooh. and like you know the people come running out in the road who are the three people sean um it's the same like people that we keep seeing like, get reused all the time. Yeah. including the woman which girl it's Does not it... one of the girls that's a guy in drag <laughs> that's that's why like the woman's like like this and not really like raising her arms yeah because that jacket was too small for the guy wearing it so he was just like <laughs> trying not to rip it <laughs> oh gosh it would have been smarter if they, he just used one of the two girls it w- they probably couldn't get them at the That's time probably i mean that was you could tell that was a daytime scene yeah so um there's a lot of little shit in this movie that like details that you probably most people wouldn't notice no like uh fucking during the the fight scene at the end, by the way, worst fight scene I've ever fucking seen. In the so world. what did I what did I say to it? <laughs> uh, Dante and Randall's fight scene is so staged, boys. Come on, throw real punches. <laughs> uh, there's two little things. One that I actually noticed, and one that I found here. Um, during that scene, uh, in the background, there's a one of the candies is standing upright and mm. says goobers. Goobers. It's positioned between the two of them. Because they're goobers. <laughs> uh, and apparently during that fight scene, there's a issue of People magazine that's visible in the background um, that covers the death of Brandon Lee on the set of The Crow. <gasps> oh, God. Oh, God. Which directly dates the movie to April 1993. God damn. You know, I remember when I was that age and a friend of mine growing up loved 
the crow and when she told me one day she was like yeah the guy in that movie died on the movie i was like you can die like film people can die during movies and i didn't didn't like i was 93 i was like eight nine ten years old i I didn't understand recent history i know what the rust set yeah but like it it just puts into perspective how dangerous film shoots are and now that you are working on film shoots like actual real film shoots now like it makes me nervous for you well actually it has gone through my head like be safe like i don't care what department you're working in could god be safe (laughs) i don't want to get that call (laughs) there's risk in any job though like even my job like i i work at a, a company where i work in counting the inventory there's still a risk of hurting yourself in that too in a warehouse like there's a risk in any job but i didn't understand like oh what do you mean brandon lee died on the set of the crow like but that's also a movie i've never actually seen either in my life don't worry we'll get to it i've always been nervous to watch that movie it's a good is it yeah uh one of the notes i have zombies banging at the door at four in the afternoon on a saturday why would you think nobody would be at a convenience store at four o'clock on a Saturday? We live in an area. We live. We live near. We live in an area and near an area where on Saturday between noon and six p.m., those routes in the state of Rhode Island are fucking insane. Yes. Like they are so busy. Like, well, holy shit. I think it was meant to be like an offhanded comment on Randall's part. And was like, oh, nothing's ever that busy. In but reality, Randall works in the VHS store. He works in the rental store. Yes. Like, I would think the craziness would be Friday night when people get off, and then Sunday afternoon when people are returning movies. If I remember how rentals, you'd get two-day rental or something like that on new movies. My stores were five-day rental. Really? Yeah. What, you, which ones did you shop at? Um, I went to Blockbuster. I did both Video Junction and um, Hollywood Video. See, I did Blockbuster because I had the Blockbuster near where I grew I up. I hated Blockbuster. And two of my friends worked at Blockbuster growing up. <laughs> you know why I hated Blockbuster? Why? Because they put, they wouldn't let you rent the movie with the case. You had to get that the Blockbuster case. Yeah. Like Video Junction, you'd go there, you'd get the the move the VHS in the actual VHS sleeve, but it had that like plastic sleeve over it. Yeah. That was awesome. Like the squeeze sleeves. Oh. We have a friend who we know is excited about listening to this podcast. Like, very excited. Who worked at Blockbuster. Seb. <laughs> and I wonder what his opinion... I, I fucking clipped that hard. And I wonder what his opinion about this is going to be. Like, Sean going, I hate Blockbuster. <laughs> I just didn't... I don't know. Like, the atmosphere in a Blockbuster was never the same as, like, a mom and pop's place. Hollywood Video also wasn't that great. But because they came into the picture at the end of VHS and the beginning of DVD, mm. you eventually got to take the actual case home. So, like, I, I don't know. I liked the mom-and-pops atmospheres way better than the, the big chains. See, movies I wasn't into. I was into music. So I went to shop at a place called Slip Disc over near where I lived. That was a music place for years. And then it is now a men's warehouse, but it used to be Strawberries Records. Um, I used to shop at the music places. And I never rented stuff. I always bought stuff. But I will say, going to the mom and pop places, 100 times better than going to FYE, which is overpriced, 
like the only example I can give you of FIE now because they're taking movies completely out. Movies and music. It's a niche novelty store now. And I hate it. But I buy... It's fucking one step below a Spencer's. Oh, my God. I buy Korean music. Now, imports from other countries because of the global pandemic, imports are getting crazy. Like, the price of, you know, importing stuff. I'll buy an album for 15 bucks over there. And the import price is about maybe $10. So, you're looking at 25 30 bucks. 30 bucks. FYE for the same album I can get for fifteen or twenty dollars is fifty to sixty dollars. I'm shocked at how much they increase the price of this stuff, and that's what sucks because these big chains, like I feel like they take advantage of. Oh, we had to import this stuff. We need you to pay it. Then why am I getting it from mom and pop places in Korea for? Oh, well, we'll price this album at $12, so it's only $22 to $25 for your cost. And then you go to Newberry Comics. Not to Disney Newberry Comics. They still sell records. They're not selling less movies, which is upsetting. But they are getting They're back. They're almost and... fucking phased out of yeah. movies now. Um, but they still, they went back to selling vinyl, which is kind of nice because we can kind of go in there and look at the vinyl and stuff. Yeah. Um, They're still kind of selling things at a lower price but i would rather to get it from a mom and pop place from the source even with movies too it is getting harder and harder to find tapes it really is we got to go to goodwills savers salvation army um i basically have to start buying online now ebay macari those are our two sometimes you can get some stuff on amazon but i don't like using amazon as much (sighs) all right back back Steering it back, there's a scene where Randall walks into the big corporate blockbuster kind of store. And he just, like, grips his fists and gets on his knees and he praises. That is Sean. That is you. Me. If you walked into a mom and pop, say we were to go to Washington and we go to the last blockbuster. Now, I know you don't like blockbuster, but there's still one more blockbuster in Washington. It's not in Washington. No, it's not. Where is no. it? No, there's a video store. There in is Washington, one. But... There's one. Like, there's a video store. There's a couple of them. You would walk in there like that. That literally would be you. You'd be like, "Thank you, Jesus!" Like you would walk in, there and the owner would be like, "Are you okay, buddy?" And you're just like hugging the tape, going, "I will buy this. I'm so sorry." <laughs> like, I, I was like, "Yeah, no, that's that's you." Yeah, I honestly like. I want to start going to like the. Uh, they have like VHS Fest. Which actually isn't that far from here. I think it's in Philly. Or... I think we should. Yeah, you did mention that. They already did it this year, so we'd have to plan for next year. I would love we, to start going We need going to take to a vacation. We've never taken a vacation. We need to take a vacation. We're going to next year. We're going to a convention, either okay. a horror one or a VHS one. I don't care. We're taking a vacation. After this last year, I want a vacation. Stop okay. looking to see if I clipped it. I know I you didn't did. clip it. I did not. All right. So... Back on track. Um, Caitlin is a slut, and Dante is an idiot. That's my next. So when Caitlin shows up because she's worried that Dante saw the paper, and now he's freaking out, like she is stringing that man along. Oh, of course. She knowingly is stringing that man along because she knows she always has a fallback plan. Yes. I, I hate this girl. I hate her. As you should. Yes. Like she just gives me like the actress is really cool. The character, I would have been happier if the shock of fucking a dead guy, also accidental necrophilia. 
That was one of the. Can't li- say I've seen that I, before. That that was that was one <laughs> of the things that I was like, oh my god. Um, I, honestly, if the shock killed her, I would have been like, good, good, I like that. But I cannot stand that character. That whole time, she's just dripping with, oh well, I don't like that. I don't want to get married. I don't like that life. So I'm just gonna come back to you. What makes you think she's not gonna cheat on you again and go to something better? Because she always has a fallback. That's the that's the worst part. Is like before she shows back up, he even like he talks to that stupid uh, tr- fitness trainer guy, and yeah. he's like, "Oh yeah, I was banging her, I was when, banging her when I was you dating were... you when she was dating you." Like, what? Why? Like, why would you still knowingly go back to her after he- hearing that? You are blinded by your obsession, not love, obsession with this girl. Stop. Yeah, it's it's not okay. Like I, I don't know. I don't understand the mentality I, there. I don't. I honestly don't. My next lot. My next thing is just dancing Jay and Silent Bob. Just them. Dancing Jay and Silent Bob. Oh my God, How about that it. Randall dance? <laughs> the Randall dance out the door. I'm just gonna start doing like the Randall dance when I leave the house in the morning. Just. That funny, that weird little dance walk. It kind of is like, you know, oh, Praise Cthulhu. We do that when we're bored. Oh, what else do I have? Um, (laughs) The the erect penis under the cloth. Oh, my God. Um, die. That whole scene is awkward, but necessary. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. It's like, oh, God, this is terrible. This is appropriate, though. <laughs> I've got one. Oh, God. You're a foodie. I am a foodie. I Was know. Randall eating Doritos with salsa? Yes, he was. Because he said something about, hang on, salsa shark. He did a whole thing about yeah. salsa shark. Is that a thing? Like, do people eat Doritos with salsa? Honestly, I feel like it's a stoner food. <laughs> I eat... Okay, don't judge me. I will eat um, Doritos, like the Cool Ranch, with plain sour cream sometimes. Because I okay. need, cause they're so dry, I need something. The nacho cheese, I'll eat on their own, but I'm not as big of a fan. The sweet chili Doritos, I eat with Fritos French onion dip. I cannot explain to you why I'm obsessed with that combination. It sounds like a pregnant lady food <laughs> or a fat person food. So I'm staring into the camera. I'm slightly in- <laughs> uh, interested in actually trying Doritos and salsa now. I mean, you'd probably have to get the right one. Mm. I think the spicy nacho would probably be nice with a good salsa. Yeah. All right. I could probably see that. This is not the foodie question I was hoping. I was like, oh, when they ate the foie gras, like... Well, you think no, salsa and just, Doritos are good? It was like the one food thing that I noticed. I was yeah. like, what the hell? I mean, <laughs> did you peep the bag, though? They brought it was that an old ba- school. It was an old school yeah. bag, and they just recently brought those bags back. Yeah. I've seen those, and I'm like, I want that just for nostalgia factor. <laughs> oh. So before we get into our wrap-up questions, mm-hmm. what do you uh, – do you have any other – things you'd like to talk about here i'm not supposed to be here today 
How many times is that said in the movie? Oh God, I lost I counted count. six, but I could be wrong. I honestly don't know. I honestly, I should have kept a counter of that because that's that's the famous line. I'm not yes. supposed to be here today. I want that on a fucking t-shirt. Just black t-shirt, white text, really small. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Don't. <laughs> uh, overall, what are your thoughts about this film? I love this film. I think as we get older and we get farther away from the 90s like generation, I feel like it's a good film. I like the fact that when I was young, I was young when this was made. We both were. So we wouldn't appreciate it. But when Clerks 2 came out, we were about the right age. I think I was, Clerks 2 came out in, it said 2006. So I would have been 21. So, like, it's a little bit older, but I could appreciate Clerks 1. And then watching Clerks 2 is, like, kind of weird. I want to watch the second one as an adult now. Because that's kind of, like, the time frame of what their ages would have been. I still love this movie. Um... There are some things that I'm like, you don't see anymore, like a dollar, two bucks for cigarettes or renting a movie. Like people watching it now, they wouldn't, they'd be like, what is this? It's like, it's like a time capsule, I feel like. But the actual story is what I love. The actual, like, the plot is great. It's perfect. I say that about a lot of movies. I say it's perfect all the time. I've not, we've not watched a movie where I'm like, this is fucking shit, dude. We're getting there. We'll get there. We'll get there. What about you? So, like I said, this is, this, Clerks and Clerks 2 are two of my favorite comedies of all time. Clerks is one of, uh, they're actually both, like, a couple of my favorite movies of all time. Mm. I could watch these any day, any time, and I would enjoy them. Is Clerks on your top five list? Top five, no. Top ten. Top ten. Yes. Um, I think they're just so relatable. Like, the characters are so relatable. There's so much depth and, like, meaning to them. Um, they, the movie itself just paints a portrait of the mundane. Yeah. It, it gives a voice to people that we see in passing every day and don't give a second thought to. It, um, I've been a clerk, a convenience store clerk. I've been... Oh, that's right, you have! I've been a convenience store clerk, I've been a cashier, I've been... I've lived the retail life, and this is, like, the dream of any retail associate. To be able to speak their mind to dickhead customers... Spit in their face. Spit in their face, and, uh, treat people the way that they're often treated. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I've always loved it. I've always been able to relate to it. And I've, as a filmmaker, I love everything about it. I love the limits that it had. I loved the style, the visual look of the movie, the the way the characters talk to each other and interact. Um, I personally think it's one of the greatest comedies ever made. And most people would disagree with me on that, but... Fuck most people. Fight me. <laughs> Fight me, bitch. Fight me. <laughs> Fight me on the roof of the quick stop. I will have my hockey stick and rollerblades. <laughs> Favorites. Favorite line, favorite characters. Favorite lines, characters, moments. 
My favorite character is Silent Bob. Because he only has one line. And it's probably the line that snap. Uh, it's the line that puts Dante over the edge. It doesn't snap him. Randall snaps him. It puts him over the edge. Favorite line? It's got to be the Dingleberry line. <laughs> Biggest ball of a pair of balls down here, Dingleberry. Like, that's just, it's so Jay. Because he makes those stupid fucking lines all the time, and I love it. And you know Silent Bob's just next to him going, with that stupid face. Ah, uh, favorite scene is the fight. It's so stupid, but it's appropriate and necessary because it's fueled with why did you talk to her? Why did you tell her? Because she had to be told. Like, you were never going to have the balls to do it. Guess what? Now go fix it, <laughs> basically. And you? Ah, uh, so in terms of lines, I actually, like I said, I love this movie. I wrote down all my favorite lines. They're, uh, obviously, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Yep. That's infamous. It's probably the most well-known line in the movie. Uh, my girlfriend sucked 37 dicks in a row? <laughs> that's a pair of lines, but that's awesome. Um... This one is probably my favorite line in the whole movie, and I wish I could say this to people more often. I don't appreciate your ruse, ma'am. <laughs> I don't appreciate your ruse, ma'am. Oh, your ruse, your cunning attempt <laughs> to trick me. I loved it. Oh my god. And her face is just like, it just gets like more and more <laughs> that he keeps going on. It's beautiful, and she's like, I've been caught. <laughs> And I think this one, this one stood out to me this time, mm. which I, it never really has before. But like, shit, my mom's been fucking a dead guy for thirty years. I call him dad. <laughs> I saw your face when he said that. I went, oh shit, man. That That's, fucking that, that line was hilarious. That is very good. Um, favorite scenes or moments? Uh, I would have to say. I honestly think my favorite scenes, this at least on this viewing, were I loved the moment where um, why do I Caitlin? Uh, I keep forgetting her name. Where Caitlin comes back to the the um, the quick stop and Randall has that is he's watching the porn and he's having that conversation with her. And they get along so well. They get along so well, and he I love just that moment where he's like if you hurt if you if you break his break heart, his heart I'll, kill, I'll kill, you. kill you like that it's it's it's, touch, it's slightly touching it's it's nice um it's like oh somebody cares enough about me platonically to want to beat the snot out of you if you hurt me yeah i love it like that moment is really nice um and i loved the, i love the i think it's two moments really mm. where he him and Dante are having conversations and he's calling him on his shit. Yep. You like, buckle like uh, a belt. You buckle like a belt and um at the end after the fight when he's like the He's like, just going fuck off on you, him. dude. Fuck like, you, dude. Yep. You put yourself in this position. Yeah. Like and I love that. I love how strong those moments are. They hit me every time I watch this and honestly, I think 
it's moments like these, probably these moments in particular from this movie, that make me the way I am. Like, I try so hard to keep myself going and not wallow in self-pity because of these reminders. And I'm shocked by the shit you've been through, okay, (laughs) that you can still stand here. I've had people in my life comment to me, specifically, I love having Sean around because he makes me feel like I need to try harder. I love that. You make me want to try harder in my life when I'm having a bad day. To be perfectly honest, I'm glad that I can have that effect on people. Like, if I never succeed in anything that I do try in my life, I hope, my one hope is that I can instill unto others a sense that they should keep trying. They should keep fighting and keep pushing for what they want Mm. that's all i've ever tried to do for myself and that's all i want to help others do i i'm just shocked at how much willpower and resolve you have sometimes there are times where i'm like no fuck it i give up i'm at that fuck i'm at that fucking moment lately but it's a it's a moment where i even said to you all right this weekend fuck it monday morning we're gonna do it again I've had a lot I've had a lot of I'm looking right at the camera I've had a lot of disappointment in the last month and a half maybe two months of something that I've worked for and I got fucking stopped but it's a it's a scenario where I feel like I have a bunch of doors open and a door shut but it's not the only door yeah I have many other doors to go through. It's just going to be harder to get there. Right. And instead of me going, door shut, fuck it, I don't care, it's door shut. I'm going to allow myself to say, fuck it right now, and then I'm just going to keep going. Well, trust me, it's it's not easy No. <laughs> to keep pushing, but I think, like, I, I don't know, I guess I've just gotten to myself, gotten myself to a point in life where I just, that is how I tackle everything now. Yeah. And... And this movie, I think it works for me. The plot, the story, the storyline reminds you, like, if you're in a rut, just go through it. Plow through it. Keep going. You can always do something better. And I think that's why Kevin made this. Because he was in that point of, fuck it, let's just all or nothing. And look at what he's made and from that fuck it moment. I agree. And if Kevin Smith, if you ever see this... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that every time I watch this movie or its sequel. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for inspiring me. Inspiring and hundreds, thousands, millions. I'm sure others have said it to you. If not, I've been there. I know what you went through. And, dude, I'm proud of you for getting through it. Yeah. And becoming what you have become it's amazing and still being a nerd at heart and still not apologizing for who the fuck you are i will never apologize i would have probably a few years ago i'm not gonna apologize who i am i don't give a fuck i'm not i'm me you don't like me door is there bye bye coco (laughs) we're done Alright. Back on track. This episode is going to be so long. (laughs)
so does, long. Does it work? Yes, it works. It works today. It works tomorrow. It works in the past. It works in the future. It's the storyline that works. The time setting doesn't matter. It's the story. You can put the story in any era. The wording of it would be different. The kind of speak, like, it wouldn't be as vulgar in the past. It would probably be a little more political in the future. In my opinion, it would work anywhere. Kevin makes stories that work in any scenario. He could literally pick up Clerks when he's an old man and put it in that scenario, in that timeline, in 50 years. And it would still work. It would. Because the story is what makes this movie the little little things the little like the 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 cell the tell the telephone telephone in the beginning um you know the the old car the the situation you can put it anywhere anywhere it, it still works i completely agree um this movie s- despite its period settings the 90s uh elements like the payphone the car that Dante drives the um, even down to the style of the clothes the cash register the style yeah. of the clothes the fucking jack boots that Dante wears um, all of it it's trivial it, it doesn't matter the point of this movie will always hit home it's relevant to anyone at any time period it doesn't matter mm-hmm. it's uh this this movie encapsulates a feeling that I think everyone who's ever worked retail or been in this position in life in this rut in this stagnant it's this movie always works it will always work and I I'll never not advocate for it chef kiss it's it's a perfect movie in a lot of ways it's got a lot of flaws but it's its flaws are perfect what make it its amazing. Own, yes, it's perfect in its own right. Would you recommend it? Absolutely. Actually, I feel like I want to call my little sister and be like, "You have to watch this movie." She's, she's six- gonna hate it. She's gonna hate it, but she'll appreciate it eventually. And she's sixteen. I think she can handle a little cox and all that shit. Like, ah. <laughs> uh. I I would absolutely recommend this movie. If you haven't seen Clerks or if you've If seen you haven't it seen any of the like Askuna universe, pick yes. any of them up. Any of them. Honestly, if you haven't seen a Kevin Smith movie. I've seen Dogma once. I have always wanted to see it again. It's and, and because Alan Rickman is in it. Alan Rickman. <laughs> Alan Rickman. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, man. Oh man, you've gone too soon. Swipe. Uh, Severus Snape. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yes, I would absolutely recommend this movie. Yeah. Um, if you've if you've never seen it, or if you've seen it and didn't like it, try it again. Try like, it, please, in, in an older age. Revisit. I didn't it. like it in my twenties. Now in my thirties, I'm like, oh, this is relevant. Oh, it hurts. Like if you can look past the vulgar humor and the like flawed film, like visual look of the movie it it has a really powerful message behind it, it and it's something i think anybody can relate to if you can't re- relate to it you're rich and you've never had any problems which fuck you <laughs> <laughs> fuck you 
Epilogue. And the horse you rode in on. Oh god, nay. Um, if you had to, how would you make this movie today? Oh god, I don't know. I was thinking about it. I'd do probably do the same kind of setting. I would make it a corporation convenience store, though, because you barely see mom and pop stuff anymore. No. Like even the they're mom and pop out. stuff, like they're 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 very few, very very few. Um, video stores. I honestly, you, you don't have that anymore. No. You don't have rental stores or something like that. So I don't know what that other element would be. Um, the only thing I can kin that too would be like a laundromat that's the only other thing that is kind of around or a liquor store like i i really don't well a liquor store would be the same scenario oh, just as different a product store yeah but like there's no there's no type of store that's like a vhs movie rental place like that just died out it's gone um fortunately <sighs> There's still some people out there fighting the good fight for him, man. Don't give up. I'll never give up on the video store. <laughs> I know. Coming eventually. Uh, <clears throat> but I don't... I honestly... I would put the plot line somewhere. And like... But I would make it in the future. I wouldn't do it now. This still has relevance now. It's only been like 20-something years. I think maybe in another 20 years. See where we are. And I think Kevin Smith... Doing it with a fast food place made sense for the second one. Because at that point, like, VHS stores were dying out. Convenience stores were becoming more, like, of a corporate thing. You know? I, uh... You've thought about this, haven't you? I don't... <laughs> Actually, I really haven't. Really? Um, because if given the opportunity, like, if Mirror Max came to me, why they ever would, I don't know. But if came, Miramax came to me and said, we want to remake Clerks, I think I would tell them to fuck themselves. Yeah. I don't think this movie ever should be remade. I think... I think it should always remain what it is. Um, much like most of the classics. Like, you don't see anybody remaking Casablanca. Like... Don't touch my Casablanca. That's, this is what I mean, though. Like... There are certain things that should never be anything more than what they are. Back to the Future is another one. Like, like most, like yeah. they should never be touched again. And I like, as long as Kevin Smith's making a sequel, fine. But beyond that, I don't think anybody should ever do Clark's again. Maybe Harley Quinn will want to remake something in her oh, honor at some point. I don't think she, I think she has more respect for her dad than that. Okay. Because this movie is this is his baby. It's what it should have been, and it shouldn't be replicated. Mm. I don't think. I I think I, sure people are gonna make movies like it, but I don't think it's um. There will only be one Clerks. There'll only ever be one Clerks. Um, yeah. Like if you tried to do this today, it, it would never have the same impact. No. Well, is it exploitation or other? Just answer honestly. <laughs> no. No. I don't believe it is. Only because 
of the criteria you've given me for it and you know I'm still new at this I would say because it was something that people weren't looking for it was new it was something different at the time so for the 90s no now because it's been kind of adapted different ways yes but for if we're strictly speaking when it was made no I would not call this exploitation. Okay. <laughs> it's uh this is it's a straightforward comedy. Um but a comedy with heart. And I think it's one of the I don't know if it's one of the first, but it's definitely an early one. Um now a lot of people try to make comedies that have a little bit more to them. More substance, yeah. Either that or they go the complete opposite direction and just make comedies with no substance. But this is it's a smart powerful comedy it is do you have anything else you'd like to say about the movie oh no but i will say i never thought i'd see it in a blu-ray box it's weird sitting it seeing it sit there i always thought it would be a movie timelessly in vhs but seeing it in this format is like oh man it's an older movie i do have the vhs for is it this. up there i do Oh my god. Oh, it's not on the shelf. Look at that. See, this is this is the this is what you'd expect it. That is the format. Yep. We yep. appreciate VHS in this house. We really do. <laughs> we appreciate multiple formats of movies. Preserve the physical media. Yes, that is like our mantra. Yep. But that about brings this discussion to an end. But don't go anywhere just yet. Stay tuned for the coming attractions. occurred the frightening and shocking history of Prince Dracula and the woman he loved. I have crossed oceans of time to find you. Yeah. Dracul. There's a sinister, darker side to him. I find irresistible. I've never met any man with such a passion for life. He is unlike any man. What are you? Vampires do exist. This one we fight, this one we face. He can take on many forms. He is both young and old. He can appear as mist as vapor, as the fog, and he can vanish at will. Oh, my love. The power of his evil desire has no end. You've got to go to him, and you've got to love him. She is a willing recruit and devoted disciple. She is the devil's concubine. Join me in the eternal life. 
Your salvation is his destruction. I want to see what you see. I want to love what you love. Take me away from all this death. mistake. He must be stopped. It is Dracula. Why are we doing this one next? Because I love Gary Oldman and I love Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves is in it and there was one other big name. Fuck, who was the other big name? Oh, Anthony Hopkins. Sir, Sir Anthony, Anthony, ha- Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. I love this movie. First time I saw this movie, gave me the same funny feeling that David Bowie in The Labyrinth gave me when I saw the Gary Oldman with the top hat and the cape and I went, what is this feeling deep down inside of me? When was the last time you watched this movie? Uh, probably about... It was before I moved to North Carolina, so I'm going to say about five or six years. <laughs> I know that I've watched this somewhat recently. Yeah. Like, it was before you moved Wait, in. Wait, did we watch this together? I don't know. I feel like when the couch... Okay, so the way the apartment is, our bed is here. But at one point... The couch was here and the television was there. I feel like we may have watched it, but we started it and never finished it. No, because the last time I watched it, I watched the whole thing. You watched the whole thing? So, I started it and never finished it. I'm not sure when that was. It was before you moved in. Yeah. But it's recent enough to know that it's not what I remembered. Uh, <laughs> I don't care. I love this movie. I love it. I can't wait. I am somewhat excited to talk about it. Uh, I think it will be kind of fun. I've never read the book. I own the complete works of Bram Stoker. It's like this fucking big. It's huge. Never read it because I've never had the time to read a book that big. But I've always wanted to. Yes. Because I love how romanticized Bram Stoker made this story. I think it's gorgeous. Like the original Dracula is great. But just something so beautiful about this. He's making a face. Did we have technical difficulties again? (laughs) So, folks, I don't know how long my face is on the screen for. We're having some issues with my camera. It's fine. Nobody needs to see my face. It's fine. So I apologize to the viewing audience of this because... This is the second time it's happened. This is the second time it's happened. Well, we've got the first half. So you're just going to see... There's going to be a picture on the screen of me doing a face. There's going to be some kind of a replacement graphic. Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. It's fine. Hey, guys, we've just started this podcast. This is 
the second or third weekend we're doing this. We're working out the kinks. We've got systems. We're doing everything. Shit's gonna happen. And that you know what? It okay. really sucks. It's okay. Hopefully, in the near future, this problem will be solved. Yeah. But... For more recommendations on films and coffee that you should check out, if you want to check out our movie collection, um, if you want to see some behind the scenes or chat with us, recommend us some movies, check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast. Um, we're on Twitter at Grindhouse Cast. Um, find us on Discord where you can chat pretty much always with Leah. Hello. Um, all the links for everything are going to be down in the show notes. Uh, listen to us and give us a five star rating on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your morning fix. The rating helps uh, show us that you're actually enjoying what we're doing. Um, if you are listening and you want a more visual experience, come subscribe to us on YouTube where you can see every single episode in its entirety with video. And maybe sometimes my face. Maybe sometimes if it ever decides to <laughs> fully fucking record her. Uh, I'm too pretty for the camera. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you're enjoying what we're doing and you want to show us some support, um, you can find all of that information down in the show notes as well. Until next week, I'm Sean. I'm Leah. Thank you for listening. And keep watching. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.